Hey everybody, Sean Tierney here with theautomationschool.com and in today's podcast, we're going to take a look at what's new with integrated architecture. And uh, this is a free presentation, it's SY25, that was made freely available online by Rockwell Automation. I showed uh, you how to get these presentations in the last episode of the Automation Minute. And uh, so today I thought we would go through and actually take a look at the PDF itself. So here it is, uh, I'm online, I'm just gonna maximize the window here, and let's zoom in a little bit, and let's take a look at what they showed uh, people who went to uh, TechEd and what they're showing us as people who are viewing this online free from their website, what's new in integrated architecture. So it looks like they split this up into five areas, controllers, viz, networks, motion, and drives. Now I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna cover the first two. So if you want to see everything that's in here, just go right to their website like I did and check it out. Um, in any case, let's scroll down here and uh, we got Studio 5000, Plant Packs, we got uh, uh, Factory Talk View, Compact Control, Guide Logics, Stratix, Panel View, Mobile View, and more stuff. So uh, again, we're not going to cover all this. We'll do uh, controllers and visualization here. So if you don't know, if you're new to uh, Rockwell Automation and Alan Bradley, they have their component stuff, the uh, Micro 800 series, and uh, then they have their logics or uh, integrated architecture, and that's where you'll find the compact logics and control logics. They also have some advanced uh, triple redundancy products, advanced and trusted, which uh, I've never used, so I won't go into that. Um, I don't really consider the Micro 800 series integrated architecture. It's really part of connect the components, right? But uh, I guess they just wanted to spread the word here to everybody who was attending that, um, you know, the Micro 870 is available. Okay, that's great. So it can take a lot of I.O. I mean, uh, double the expansion I.O. Um, I have a course on the Micro 800. Before I taught that course, Nano Basics, I never even touched it. I stayed away from it because, you know, I used RS Logics uh, since it came out. I had a beta copy, 1.0, um, you know, I actually used AI in 6200, so uh, having to learn something new, I didn't want to. But, you know, I haven't taught a course on it. I actually like it now, especially the function blocks. I really like that. I mean, it's going to get better, but um, if I had my choice, of course, I'm going to stick with Compact Logics. But these things are inexpensive. I mean, you can get them under 100 bucks. so, you know, they have their place, definitely. Um, one of the things they're going to do with CCW is they're going to add a feature pack so that you can switch to look from the traditional um, like IEC uh, view that you would have in Connected Components Workbench and change it so it looks more like RS Logics or Studio 5000. Can't wait for that to come out. Um, no idea of when it's, I've asked Rockwell, I haven't heard back, no idea when it's gonna come out, but really looking forward to that. Now, as far as the Compact Logics controllers, if you haven't taken a look at them in a while, there's really three major lines, actually two major lines, all right? So you have the 5370s, right? And these were great because these came out with uh, dual Ethernet ports, although those two ports were only usable, um, they had the same IP address, same MAC address, so they were only usable on release for, uh, you know, they either be a ring or daisy-chained. Okay, but, you know, on a small system, it was nice to take one cable to the front of the panel for the HMI and have the other one as a programming port. That was very cool. So, um, especially on the Compact Logics, because there really was no option, easy option to add a second Ethernet port to those. Now, the newer line is the 5380, and there's just a ton of new features on this. We've covered this before on the blog, um, and uh, it's great stuff. I don't have one yet. I'm really hoping they come out with a 
5380 and panel view 5300 um like a starter pack because i'd love to get my hands on them but I, I you know i need that savings of having them both bundled together um but in any case a very high speed um you know you can actually have two different mac addresses and ip addresses for your two ethernet ports so they're each unique um and uh just high speed, really fast. The I.O. is fast. The network's fast. I think it's gigabit network. So um, great stuff. Definitely worth checking out if you're doing a new project. Now, the 5480 is kind of, in my opinion, it's a little strange because it takes like your 5380 and adds a computer to it. And I've actually seen this running at Automation Fair a year and a half ago, running Factory Talk View, and it was running pretty good. So, um, you know, I don't know what the case, uh, the use case on that is i think it's probably very limited that people will need that and i actually don't think it's shipping yet but it's cool nonetheless but you know i think you could probably buy an industrial pc brick and a 5380 much much less expensive however they say they're supposed to be high speed access to the controller's memory from um the pc side so if you needed that that would be great but um i don't not know where on how easy that is to actually do so um, you know, if you're not a C++ uh, programmer. So, and then on the uh, control logic side, of course, we have the 5570 and the 5580. You know, for most cases, the 5570 is going to be plenty. But um, there's so many advanced features of the 5580, including onboard Ethernet, right? So now, instead of having to buy the processor and the Ethernet module separate, you can buy them all in one. So that's, that's pretty huge. Um, and uh, especially if you have to use control logics, and you want to keep your SCADA network separate from your I.O. network, well, instead of having to buy an L7 and two Ethernet cards, you can buy an L8 and one Ethernet card and still accomplish that. So that's pretty cool. And here you can see some tables they threw in there. If you want to read these tables, I strongly suggest you do what I did and get a copy of this. Um, this is all in their literature as well. Um, one thing that I think uh, that a lot of people will like, though, are these new guard logics options because... Not only um, is it an updated compact guard logics, the 5380, but they also have, um, and they also have a 5580 guard logics as well. But um, they're also making 5380 uh, IO for this guy as well. So you don't have to use distributed IO for your safety IO anymore, which I think is awesome, especially for the small machine builder who has to have safety, you know, a safety PLC on their system. That saves a lot of. Um, not only saves cost, but also saves complexity. So in the past, people were buying the old Compact Odd Logics and then putting all of their safety I/O on a network. And a it works, but it's an it's a it's an added expense. Okay, now the cool thing with the 5580 uh, safety PLC is that you don't need the partner if you're not doing um, SIL CL3 or um, PLE. So you can see that right here. So if you were just doing SIL2 or SIL CL2 up to PLD, you only need the primary controller. So you couldn't do that before with Rockwell products. So that's a pretty cool thing is if you have to get up to CL3, then yeah, you're going to add the safety partner. So that's pretty cool. And um, again, many of the uh, advantages of the uh, 5580. Um, they actually released a uh, document here. You can see that talks about going from the guard logics 5560 and 70 up to the 5580 and uh, you can grab that that's a publication number right there rm100a and uh let's see what else we got here the compute module 
Again, it's a computer in a module. Um, Radicals had these since when I started back in the early 90s, actually 1990, you know, with the 1771 DX, DSX2. Actually, somebody contacted me over on the forums about that, how to upload and download to it. So um, the manual is still available and still correct. Still, the procedure still works. But um, yeah, I don't know what the use case is for this. And again, can I just buy an industrial computer? Now, if I didn't have room for an industrial computer, if this was going in the undercarriage of a theme park ride, like uh, you've seen down in Universal, if you've ever been on the behind-the-stage tour there, um, yeah, it might be worthwhile to have it in the chassis. But mo for most uh, customers, most applications, an industrial computer is going to be a lot less expensive and plenty, plenty of throughput. Okay, Factory Talk uh, Historian ME module. Uh, we talked about the 5480, and now we'll talk about I.O. And I think, uh, you know, we kind of already talked about the Compact 5000 Safety I.O. This is coming soon. And uh, you know what? This is great. As I already talked about, I think it's going to be a huge win for uh, especially OEMs who have to put together a machine with Safety I.O. Great to have that right in there. No network required. Um, and this is really talking about the IB8S and the OBVAS. So those are the two products specifically they're talking about there. And then this module, which I thought was cool, is the uh, serial module for the Compact 5000. Um, they say it programs like the 1769 ASCII module, which is uh, good to keep things common, you know, between the platforms, you know. Um, and it launches out the gate with, it says it's available now. I'd love to get my hands on one. I don't have one. But uh, generic ASCII, Modbus RTU and Modbus ASCII. Now, you Modbus ASCII is not very popular, but Modbus RTU is the leading serial uh, version of Modbus that you'll find out there. And then, of course, generic ASCII, if you have to interface with any old ASCII devices, printers, or barcode readers or whatnot, that's great for that. You know, good stuff. Um, you know, I've done networks with 40 devices on Modbus RTU, so it's it's a pretty robust network, and there's all kinds of devices, just all kinds of devices out there that sit on it. Um, it would be cool if they added DF1 and DH45. The only thing with DH45 and, uh, and the Modbus RTU potentially is that these serial ports look like they're RS-232 only. I'm not seeing anything there that says that they do 45, and that's that would be big because that's a big added expense to add a 232 to 45 converter on it. I say big, maybe $50 per port for an isolated industrial uh, converter. Um, so it's just extra mounting, extra cabling. So if this thing had 45 or 22 built in, like, you know, the PLC, uh, the fives did, you know, and, and, and many of Rockwell's other products did, that would be very cool. Not needing that converter. So you can see here some of the limits. 50 Modbus master commands per port, uh, 30 entries of slave data if you're making Modbus slave, etc. So let's see what else we got here. So this is kind of just a review of all the I.O. that's out today and what's coming in the Compact 5000 line. Now this one I'm excited about, and there's actually an entire other presentation on this. This stuff looks great. This is the Flex 5000. Now I've always been a fan of Flex I.O., except for the bases, how they plug together when it first came out. People would bend the pins all the time. I remember when it launched, so many people called and complained, oh, this stuff don't work. Uh. And every time I went out and looked at it, they bent the pins. You had to assemble it on a flat surface. I mean, it was not like 1769 or 1734, where it kind of slides together really well. It was uh, not the best design. 
But uh, still, the I.O. and the, the, the mix of I.O. and the ability to mount it horizontal or vertical. And it, I even love the FluxLogix. I actually have a FluxLogix here. I picked up super, super cheap on a great deal on eBay. And, uh, and uh, you know, it's a great processor. Um, but in any case, uh, this stuff looks awesome. Now, no word on a new FluxLogix processor. I don't want to confuse anybody. I have not heard anything about that, and I doubt they'll do it. But it would be cool if they did. But in any case... Um, uh, you know, there's a whole presentation on this. Check it out if you want to know more. But, you know, some of the things, the, the, the way it connects together looks super robust, okay, in my opinion. Um, and the terminal blocks are removable from the base, okay. And there's QR codes all over the place here. The 3D uh, barcodes, um, you know, maybe they're not QR codes. They look like QR codes, but they're 3D barcodes. And I'm hoping when you scan those with your phone, it goes right to the manual. Like, I'd love to see the wiring diagram come up when I scanned um, the manual for that module. And I'd love to have the uh, the manual uh, describing, um, you know, the, the specs on the adapter when I scan that. Wouldn't that be super cool? So, because uh, finding the manual is like half the battle and commissioning some of this stuff, right? So, um, and you can also see safety IO modules. Very, very cool. So, and there's even some extreme temperature modules in this line as well. So just overall, I'm excited about this line. Um, not that I'm working, you know, I'm an instructor now. I'm not doing real world applications or sizing them anymore, but it just looks great. And, uh, uh, love to get my hands on that when it comes out. Um, and here you can see this is the gray. So this darker gray typically means that it's the, uh, extreme temperature version of the modules. Um, in any case, uh, great stuff. And they got copper and they got fiber here for adapters. That's what I've seen so far. And, um, if you want to know more about this, check out the, uh, check out the presentation that goes into it in great detail. Now they've had this for a while. I always thought this looked like it was brand labeled by some, you know, somebody else made it and rock will just stick their name on it. But I have no idea if that's true or not. Um, I never did a lot of work in the, uh, you know, zone two class one div two applications, but and, and, and it's not brand spanking new. It's been out for a little while. So I guess they have some new certifications here. And uh, they have an IBN8 uh, coming out. So I guess that's a slim 8 channel. All right. Let's look at Viz now. So we'll change gears here. Um, wow, these things look ancient, don't they? So industrial rack mount computers and stand up. It looks like uh, bottom of your enclosure mount. Um industrial computers. Then we have the, the regular in panel. Uh, some of these newer models, um, I was not impressed with the, the industrial chipsets that they put in there. Now we always know that industrial chipsets lag what we have in the, in the consumer market, but still, um, they cost a lot of money. You would, you would hope they can give us, uh, you know, I nines and, you know, latest I sevens, you know, gen eight stuff, you know, but they always seem to be a little bit behind, you know, that said, most applications are going to run great with an i3. Um, the quad core i7s, those, you know, the, you know, I'm a gamer, so I need that for my gaming. Actually, I don't. i5s work great too. But long story short, most of your, like your View Studio um, or VSE clients, they're going to run fine on an i3. They really are. Um, and you can just test that out by, by finding, you know, the current gen i3s are just really fast now. I'd always stay away from anything that doesn't have an i in front of it, right? And I wouldn't go anything less than 7 Gen. Okay, so Gen 7. But uh, good stuff. They get a line of panels. Um, don't have any idea how they compete price-wise. 
and and feature wise you'll have to check that out yourself um so we can see here just all the updates in this line they actually have uh um the on machine or panel mount industrial computers as well and a lot of a lot of companies have those a lot of reputable companies have those um so it's nothing new uh just something new for rockwell i guess um so let me uh, go through this you guys can take a look at this in more details if you want um really nothing new over here in the panel view 800 um some new features with the latest release um well let's keep going so the panel view 5310 i mentioned that earlier that's the new model it's the new lower cost model um it's built to run version 4 plus um applications okay and you can see the screen size six inch ten inch in november you know the dc only and they're one plc only if i remember correctly so you know hard hard to hard to make a case for this over the panel view plus seven um you know if you can let me know i'd love to hear the use case um i actually have a panel view 5000 here that was donated to the blog and i haven't used it yet because nobody ever asks about it well Maybe one out of every 100 HMI requests talks about the PanelView 5000. So, um, in any case, they also are replacing the PanelView, uh, well, technically the 5500. With the 5510, they're doing a hardware refresh. And then this 5510 will be version 4 plus as well. And then um, the new V5 won't use the old hardware. So, they're just going to assume if you're doing V5 and better, that you'll be on the new hardware. So my uh, PanelView 5500 will no longer be uh, able to run applications once V5 comes out or won't be able to run V5 applications. So in any case, um, I, like, I like seeing the uh, IP69K rated rating on the PanelView Plus 7. That's great. And uh, MobileView, I don't know if uh, people are using those, but uh, um, they're available. So here you can see all the information on this. Um, here is the 5310. You can see 7, 9, and 12-inch terminals. Um, you know, directly integrates into logics. The 6-inch terminals due out in July, 10-inch in November. And then the 5510. Now, there's a chart in here I want to show you that kind of goes through this all. So here we have, um, you know, they all have 10100, 10100, 10100, dual ports on the 5500 and the 5510. Um, and this just kind of goes through all the, the physical stuff. Let's talk about the capabilities though. So they're all in version four limited to one programmable controller. And I can be honest with you, you, there, you know, there are a lot of HMIs out there that only talk to one controller. That's true. But when you're spending the extra cash for these guys, that one controller limit is, 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 well, it's limiting, <laughs> You know, and you don't have that limit with the PanelView Plus 7, you know. So, um, yeah, that's something definitely to consider. And then you have these requirements as well. So your PanelView Plus 7 pretty much works with everything, right? And programs just like the PanelView Plus 6 and the PanelView Plus that's been out for, well, a long time. And um, you don't have these version limitations, right? So this is something else you got to think about. You know, you have to be in the 70s or 80s, right? And you have to be V27 plus. So a lot of caveats to this new product or the newest line. Not really that new, but um, you can see more of this stuff. Um, 
But this is what I was talking about earlier, the stainless steel IP69K rated terminals, new in August, coming out in a couple months. Um, ideal for pharma applications, certified for food and beverage. I don't know how many times people have asked me for this in the past, but this is great. So uh, look, there's no grooves where food can get stuck. They have a, um, a replaceable gasket, a food grade gasket, which is great. And, um, you know, good looking stuff. So if you're in that industry, talk to your local rep and ask them about that product. So that's supposed to be out in August. Okay. Here's another one too, the IP66 one. Uh, there's the blue replaceable food ga uh, grade gasket. So ask your local rep about these two. Um, I think a lot of people are asking for the 69K though in all those industries now. Um, this is an on-machine version of the Plus 7 with buttons already built in. Uh, I'm sure there's definitely some use cases for that. Here's the mobile view. And I think that's where we're going to leave it. So that's kind of just browsing through Rockwell's um, what's new in integrated architecture, taking a look at what's new with the controllers and what's new with the panel views. And um, it wasn't designed to go through every gory detail that's in the presentation because you know how to get this presentation yourself. I already showed you how to get it in the last episode of the Automation Minute. But uh, I did think it was worth going through. I had to go through it myself anyway. So I figured, hey, why not share it with you guys? So I hope you enjoyed that. If you have any uh, questions or comments, always feel free to post them directly under the video at theautomationpodcast.com or you can go right to theautomationforums.com. I try to visit that site every Friday. So my summer hours are Friday. It's a Q&A Friday. And um, I visit uh, and answer questions every Friday that people post on the forum. So, um, And I try to the best of my ability to find the answer um, if it's in my uh, wheelhouse of programmable controllers, HMIs, and SCADA. So um, we actually had a, a bunch of – we had a guy from a college go over there and ask about upgrading from Slick 100. <laughs> And we had another person ask about that, 1771 DSX-2. Um, we had somebody ask about, he had an L23 issue, and uh, I think I solved that for him. We had a guy with a panel view issue. So check it out. It's, it's fun reading, and you might even learn something over there well, just, just reading the Q&A. But with that, that's the end of this podcast. Until next time, my friends, peace.